Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. John is on vacation. I'm here with Deborah Mark. Oh, I got a good vegan story for you probably later this hour. Yippee! It's not a dead animal story, but it's a vegan story. We're Love coming it. after you again. Uh, you have a shot at some money. In about 15 minutes, she'll get another keyword, as we've been doing every afternoon now for over a week. All you got to do is enter it at the website, kfiam640.com, and $1,000 could be yours. People are getting the hang of this, so it's easy. And uh, why not? We'll do a 320, 420, and 520. A lot of things to get to today. The craziness out of West Hollywood, where they voted to cut back the L.A. County Sheriff's Department patrols. West Hollywood does have its own little government, and they are not covered by the city of L.A. People tend to believe that's part of the city of L.A. Technically, it is not. So what they do is they contract with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department for police coverage, and they want to cut it back. And instead, they want to use security ambassadors, whatever the hell that means. And they've had like a 130% increase in crime. You may even remember earlier this year, they had that guy that tried to rape a woman in a parking garage, another one he chased into her home. Two incidents that happened close together, but apparently they don't care there. They'd rather spend their money on other things. 
We'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking to uh, Sheriff Villanueva about it in the five o'clock hour. And coming up also, the El Segundo Times did a story on the El Monte police officer, cop killer, Justin Flores. He, of course, was a longtime criminal with many offenses on his record, a one striker. He got to light treatment by L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon a couple of years ago after being found in possession of a gun. Turns out that uh, he was, of course, on probation the night he killed the two police officers, but he hadn't been seen in more than six months by his probation officer. And in fact, they were getting reports that uh, he was back on the drugs and he may have been abusive to his wife. This is why releasing all these criminals doesn't work because probation doesn't work and there's no consequences. All right, let's uh, talk about L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon and the city of Whittier may be making a move to put in front of the voters a measure that would allow the city to take on the job of prosecuting misdemeanors. Let's bring on the mayor of Whittier, Joe Vinatieri, to talk about this. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Hey, Ken, how are you? Appreciate it. All right, so apparently you've actually been in discussions with the Gascon's office, huh? It, yes. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, what we did is... Um, this has been kind of going on. We haven't had our misdemeanors prosecuted. And so it's been a little concerning to uh, the council. So uh, we were directed uh, uh, to send a letter to uh, the district attorney, uh, basically requesting that we be able to do our own prosecutions. Um, and so we've had, uh, we had two phone calls, good phone calls, talking about philosophy, but also talking about alternatives like, uh, uh, rehabilitation and diversion, et cetera. And, but at the end of the day, and, and we're still interested in, in some of the things that they've talked about, but at the end of the day, uh, they basically said, no, um, there will be no prosecution of the uh, quality of life type misdemeanors, uh, nuisance, trespassing, uh, lots of drug charges, things like that, uh, that uh, go to the quality of life of, of, of our people. Have you seen an uptick in these incidents in Whittier years since there's no consequences? Yes. Um, we, the violent crime thing uh, that is going on in some localities, um, we're not having uh, really experiencing that, thank goodness. But there is an increase in uh, misdemeanor-type crimes. Uh, and what's happening, and in, in, in our chief of police has said it, it they'll, they'll arrest somebody. Uh, for uh, uh, theft or, or something like that, um, uh, breaking and, and entering, uh, they will then kick them free because of the no bail situation. And then what happens is they'll get picked up again for narcotics violations. They, of course, are um, they're kicked free. There's no prosecution. Uh, and then we'll have them again on some other type of uh, smaller crime. And we have a number of individuals where that's happening, and it's just it's a cycle. It's a, a, a ridiculous, vicious cycle. So yes, we've seen that we have that uptick in a lot of our misdemeanors. So, and uh, what what kind of consequences would there be if you actually were to punish people for these misdemeanors? It'd be any kind of jail time. What would actually be the punishment? Well, normally, you know, uh, you know as I say in the good old days before uh, uh, Prop Forty Seven. Uh, you know, you would go in front of the judge, and the judge would basically say, hey, look, it, we can put, give you diversion. We can get you to rehab. You have a, a drug program. We can help you out. 
And if you want to do that, we're willing to do that. However, if you don't want to do that, then I'm going to give you some county jail time. And there was a consequence to the uh, illegal activity or actions. So you get in front of the judge, and the judge would give you an opportunity. Right now, if you are involved in narcotics, you get arrested. If you're in Whittier, you get arrested. Uh, you go into jail for an hour, two or three, you're kicked loose. It's presented to the district attorney to go ahead and file charges on those uh, drug offenses, but they won't file charges. Therefore, you can never get in front of the judge who can give you the consequence of, oh, yeah, we'll give you some rehab and we'll get you diversion or you're going to do some time. So there's no ability. And the real, the really sad thing about this is when uh, Director 7 came into being, the idea was, well, we don't want to put people in jail for drug offenses and, and a number of other types of, of, of low-level crime. And, and that's all well and good. But the problem is there was also the, pro- uh, the promise to go ahead and have treatment programs, have help, have diversion for people who needed it, who had those problems. Unfortunately, they stopped doing the misdemeanor prosecution, and there is no diversion. There is no rehabilitation. So what you end up happening is just lawlessness and people doing whatever they want to do with no consequences. Yeah, I mean, Prop 47 passed in 2014, and as you said, it took away the leverage to get these people into treatment because it's no longer any kind of a felony case. It's dropped down to a misdemeanor situation. But is the situation different under Gascon? Because that did pass well before he became the L.A. County D.A., or is he taking this a step further? It's gone a step further because, yes, it got dropped down to a misdemeanor. Well, now what's happened is it's a misdemeanor, but it's not even being prosecuted. It's not being filed by the D.A.'s office under Directive 7 so that what used to be a felony, which is now a misdemeanor, is not even being prosecuted. It's as if you can do whatever you want to do. It's evolved. That's the problem. And there's, it's just more lawlessness. So Whittier has their own charter. You're one of 25 cities in the county that has their own charter, which makes it possible to do this. And I have to put it before the voters if you do do that. And how would it work in, t- in terms of uh, how you would prosecute people in Whittier for misdemeanors? Did you have your own little court system or something? Or no, what we would do, uh, what we would do is, and, and we're like a number of other cities. The city of Los, uh, Los Angeles prosecutes their own misdemeanors. City of Long Beach, uh, city of Pasadena, uh, city of, of uh, uh, Redondo Beach, uh, who have charters, they've been doing prosecution of misdemeanors for decades. So we would be falling in line doing our own prosecutions just like they are. And what happens is instead of uh, if Whittier Police Department uh, uh, basically arrest somebody for some type of misdemeanor, uh, say trespass, say drugs, say uh, 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 some type of loitering for prostitution or whatever, all those are no longer prosecuted uh, by the district attorney's office. We, at the city of Whittier, if the people say yes, we can go ahead and have our city attorney also become city prosecutor. He or she would then... Uh, prosecute, file it in court, and then would basically prosecute that case in court, just like they do in Long Beach, in Los Angeles, and Pasadena, et cetera. So it's not any great new thing that's going on because other cities have been doing it for a long time. We would just then be able to do our own prosecution because 
the district attorney will not. And they could end up still in L.A. County Jail then from your own system there. That's that's correct. That's correct. That they're going to get in front of the judge and there's going to be some accountability. That's the point. Uh, your city already voted no confidence in Gascon. I'm surprised you even bothered to talk to him. It's not a surprise that they're, they're turning down this idea. Well, look, at, at, we're, we're all about government and making government work. And so, uh, you know, my view was, uh, the council's view was, look, at, let's talk to them and let's see, let's point out the problems that, that we have. And let's, let's see if there's some way we can resolve it. But at the end of the day, and we're still, you know, listening. And if there's some other ideas, great. But at the end of the day, they said no. Uh, we're not going to prosecute those. And, and here's the uh, Ken, here's the thing that's really bothersome. Last night at our city council meeting, I asked the chief of police, I said, Chief, how many misdemeanor arrests have been made since Directive 7 from uh, Gascon came into being? And he said, we've had well over 700 misdemeanor arrests. And I said, you've had over 700 misdemeanor arrests, and none of them have been prosecuted by the district attorney he said, that's correct. Well, you know what? What's the point if you got a law in the books and let's say the legislators uh, change the, the, the uh, criminal code and they make something a misdemeanor and yet it won't be prosecuted by the district attorney? Then you say, well, why do you even arrest people? Why do you even go out there and do that? And, you know, our response, the chief's response was the law is on the books. Our responsibility is to enforce the law. And if there's people doing misdemeanors that are wrong, we're going to do what we have to do. That's what we're charged with as police officers. And if the next part, in essence, the next part of the process, the criminal justice system is not working, well, we're going to still do our part. So the point that I'm trying to make, Ken, is, okay, let's go ahead and we'll do the next part of the criminal justice system. Instead of having the district attorney prosecute those, those misdemeanors, the the city uh, prosecutor of Whittier will do so. And I strongly suspect that you're going to see other cities who are charter cities in the county of Los Angeles move forward on the same thing. You have to put it on the ballot. The people have to say, yes, we're all for a city prosecutor. Once you do that, it comes back to city council. City council says, okay, we have the authority. Are we going to do it? Or maybe we're going to hold off. Or at least we have the ability to do it. My point on all this is the people... Uh, have the opportunity to speak. Our public safety is number one, and this is about the safety of the people. It's the safety about our kids. And if if the district attorney won't prosecute, then we have to take care of things ourselves, and we have the authority under our charter. If the people say yes, we can prosecute. All right, Mayor Joe, good to talk with you again. Thanks a lot. And good to talk to you, Ken. Thank you. All right, Whittier Mayor Joe Vinatieri, they may make a move to put on the ballot for Whittier voters here in L.A. County that uh, they're going to take over misdemeanor prosecutions. These are quality of life things, littering, uh, things like uh, uh, possession of alcohol, public intoxication, resisting arrest, trespassing, a lot of quality of life issues. But they're a way of driving people to better behavior if you have consequences. You don't under George Gascon and Prop 47. More coming up on the John and Ken Show on KFI, including... Keyword for a chance at some money. All right, here's the story from NBC4, Annette Ariola on West Hollywood cutting back on sheriff's department patrols. 
there's a lot of folks, including members of the city council, who are really worried about how this change is going to impact public safety. In fact, the city council voted to restructure the city, uh, the city budget just this past Monday, and it was narrowly approved. It did not have the support of the city's mayor. Mayor Lauren Meister has been a vocal opponent of reducing the sheriff's presence here in West Hollywood. So what exactly does this new restructuring mean for this city? Well, it will leave the city with four fewer deputies on patrol. Two of them will be removed in six months, the other two six months after that. Now, under the new budget, those funds would be reallocated to the block-by-block -block program, which is staffing unarmed blue-shirted security ambassadors that provide Ooh. city the city with supplemental law enforcement services. That'll scare the, yeah, losing those four deputies would essentially loosen the money to add 30 new ambassadors. On Monday, city leaders made their argument both in favor and against these reductions. Take a listen. We are taking a pragmatic, reasonable approach to redefining safety and community safety in West Hollywood. We are really trying to answer this question. And even though I voted no yesterday on the budget, the city is moving forward with this plan. And I'm looking forward to seeing how I can work with my colleagues to make sure every issue is taken accounted for. Now, the Sheriff's Department sent out this statement in response saying, quote, along with the West Hollywood community, we are disappointed that as part of the approved city budget, four deputies will be cut in the upcoming months. We would like to thank all the residents who were opposed to this vote and responded in its opposition. It appears outside activists may have had more weight than the residents of West Hollywood. Yeah, no kidding. All right, that's from NBC4 and Annette Areola. We're going to have Sheriffina Wave on the 5 o'clock hour, but a few things I wanted to say about this. Uh, the lead person on this is a city councilman by the name of Seppi Shine. It's a woman, Seppi Shine. Uh, she led the vote, which was 3-2 to two, to cut the funding. Uh, Seppi Shine is someone that also believes that we need to spend $85,000 updating an LGBTQ crosswalk to be more inclusive. I stared at that, and then I flipped through the story to see what it means. How do you make a crosswalk more inclusive? I guess it's the, the pride colors. Is that what they did? Uh, yeah, they upgraded their rainbow crosswalk to be more inclusive. Adding colors, oh, I see, to represent the transgender community and communities of color. Well, this is going to be, I mean, as this grows, this is going to be quite an event to have to keep upgrading this crosswalk colors. Uh, also, embarrassingly enough, and very much to do with world events, the city spending $50,000 on their Russian culture festival. However, they will forego celebrating Russian culture right now because of the invasion of Ukraine by the Russians. West Hollywood's been long known to have a Russian population, but I'm afraid Russians aren't particularly popular with many people right now, so they're going to forego that. The other thing worth mentioning, there's been a 137% increase in reported crime in West Hollywood. Reported crime. Uh, they apparently got a pretty bad safety score. Uh, Neighborhood Scout, which compiles the crime data of cities across the country, gave West Hollywood a crime index of eight, meaning 92% of U.S. cities are considered safer. There's about 35,000 people that live in West Hollywood. And you may remember us talking about this earlier this year. There was a guy that was trying to sexually assault women right there in West Hollywood. Uh, he apparently chased after one in a garage and uh, she managed to escape. And there's another woman that he tried to get into her home. 
and uh, he managed to run off after apparently she made too much noise. That was a really big story back then. All right, as I mentioned, Sheriff Villanueva will join me at 5.05 to talk more about this uh, ridiculous cutback in police patrols by the L.A. County Sheriff's Department in West Hollywood. When I return, going to talk about the killing of the two El Monte police officers. The guy that did that is a longtime felon by the name of Justin Flores, who killed himself after police officers opened fire on him after he killed the two police officers and left that hotel room. Uh, he was on probation from the L.A. and he was being observed, <laughs> tracked by the L.A. County Probation Department. Not exactly. And this is the whole problem with this idea that we can let all these people loose into communities because we're watching them through probation. John and Ken show on KFI AM 640. We'll be talking to a woman next hour that owns a cycling business in Sherman Oaks, and she is begging, begging for help to clean up the homeless crisis. She has had six incidents this month from car break-ins to the homeless defecating, blocking clients from entering her cycling studio. She has called LAPD and LA City Council reporting the incidents, trying to get somebody to do something. And of course, she happens to be in the City Council District of Nithya Raman, who was second only to Mike Bonin as being the worst on the LA City Council. And by the way, based on these election results, things are going to get worse because it looks like a couple of clones of these two are going to take seats on the LA City Council. Not that we'll miss Gil Cedillo, but he's going to be replaced by one of these socialist Democrats who will have even more tolerance than you can ever expect for homelessness and crime. So we'll talk to uh, Jessica Lewis after the news at four o'clock. You don't want to miss that. Uh, Tomorrow will be a pretty uh, tough day. They're going to have the funeral service for the two El Monte police officers who were shot to death at that hotel in El Monte. This is uh, El Monte police officer Joseph Santana and his training officer, uh, Corporal Michael Paredes. And they were called, this is on June 14th, to this uh, hotel to investigate some sort of domestic assault complaint. They got to the hotel room. Opening the door apparently was the wife of the killer. They got her out of there. They went in to check on him. He had been, he had withdrawn into a bathroom. Justin Flores is his name, and he immediately opened fire. Shot them both in the head. And made his way out into the parking lot, we believe, with one of the officer's guns, where he got into a gunfight with other police officers who had arrived. He even wounded one of those officers before they say he killed himself. Dead. So we don't have to put him through George Gascon's prosecution, or lack thereof. However, the way the Times wrote this story, I give them credit for doing this story, but, I mean, listen to this one. Um... Frustrated friends and loved ones are looking for someone to blame. A review of court records and interviews with law enforcement officials suggested increasingly troubled Flores should have been taken into custody before he opened fire on June 14th. Well, let's back up before that. This guy, in case you don't remember, is a one striker under California's three strikes law when he was found in possession of a gun back in 2020. He should have been sent to state prison for upwards of two and a half to three years. But the case wasn't prosecuted until early 2021. George Gascon is the LA County DA. He decides to ignore the strike, claiming that this guy is nonviolent, although we learned, and this is important, you get this, that this was just the blanket policy. So it didn't matter 
that anybody looked at this guy's record. Oh, he burglarized his grandparents' home and he's got drug problems. Well, he's a known gang member who had a gun. And now we find out that the L.A. County Probation Department, holy mackerel, they had not seen him in person for more than six months. See, everything's failing here. And people like say, oh, you're pointing fingers. You're, you're trying to figure out who to blame. We're trying to fix things. And it's going to take a lot to fix things. One thing that would help is ousting this county DA. But the problem, and we've had this problem for years, is that the probation department can't possibly handle all of these inmates that were scattering all over the states because beginning with AB 109 in 2011, that was the idea. Let's get the inmates out of state prison put them under local supervision, and if they commit any offenses, eh, we incarcerate them for a few days. I don't think we even do that anymore. This is one of the reasons why you saw, quote, the state crime figures come down, because that's not how they handle this anymore. And, and this guy, Flores, is a perfect example, because after he was found in possession of a gun, Gascon ignores the strike on his record and instead puts him on probation. So he was there to shoot and kill these two police officers a couple of weeks ago. According to the story here, uh, there were insiders. Apparently what the probation department did, thanks to the pandemic, is they really cut back their in-person operations. Nobody wants to get COVID. But of course, COVID, for all intents and purposes, has been long over. And it turns out that um, Flores' mother had actually called them, telling them, warning them, he's back on the drugs. He's got to get help. He's got a gun. You guys got to do something. Nothing happened. So he was a documented member of the Quiet Village Gang. Beats me. I. Anyway, with his multiple convictions for burglary, driving violations, multitudes of arrests for drug possession, and of course, a felon in possession of a gun. On June 2nd, 12 days before the killings, the probation department got a domestic violence allegation against him and a complaint that he had a gun. June 2nd, the officers were killed on June 14th. That same day, a probation officer completed a phone check-in, oh, nice, and said, uh, show up for an in-person meeting, please, on June 6th. Flores didn't show up. All right? And as I mentioned, the mother calls the probation officer and says that uh, he's abusing drugs again. He's been relapsing since March. He's had a problem since his cousin was murdered. I told them my son and his wife were doing drugs. He needed help. And him going back to jail won't help. But the probation officer told me he couldn't discuss his case with me because the wife is not listed as the next of kin. The, uh, rather, the mother isn't listed as the next of kin. The wife is. So apparently they did nothing. And eventually they did set up a hearing to revoke his probation. But that wasn't going to come up until the end of June. Too late. He killed the two police officers. The problem is we cannot rely on this system to protect us from the dangerous people we're putting out there. A gang member with a gun and a long criminal history and a strike on his record. And they hadn't seen him in person in six months. And they got complaints that he may have been abusing his wife. Never got around to checking on him in person. Oh, we'll just have a hearing. Don't worry. Non-serious, non-violent, anything could happen. This is the danger we've run into where we have this system 
where we think, oh, if we release people from prison early, oh, don't worry, the probation department will watch after them and they'll be good citizens. A lot of them aren't. One of my themes today is you have just increased the odds that someone's going to get seriously hurt as you put more and more of these dangerous people out there. And that's what happened to these two El Monte police officers. All right, more coming up on the John and Ken show on KFI AM 640. All right, where's the vegan? Anybody know where the vegan is? I'm here. Oh, hey, how are you? I'm well, Ken. How are you? Good. Have you ever heard of a company called Daily Harvest? I have not. It's a popular vegan food company that ships directly to customers. And they have a product. And I know you like these, lentils. I love lentils. How do you feel about leek? I like leeks. <laughs> I like a well, good leek. They have a product called French Lentil Plus Leek Crumbles. And that's what they ship to people on their vegan food company. And it cost one woman her gallbladder. What? Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for that. First there's silence, then there's what? Yep, at least 470 people have reported getting ill after consuming the crumbles. Oh, my God. In fact, her attorney we've had on the show. Ray, you should probably get him back on at some point. Bill Marler. I remember him. He represents people that are, they get food poisoning from products. He says he's now representing nearly 100 people with potential claims against this company. He says they're all relatively healthy, young people. All of them are having the same symptoms and the same liver dysfunction and the same pain. Now, a food safety expert says that the symptoms for this are just not typical of what you see with your traditional types of hazards in food. It's different. He claims, this guy's at, at Penn State, uh, that th this is something we've never seen before. So the founder of the company, a woman by the name of Rachel Drury, said in a statement, they are aware of this, clearly. We're working with the FDA to try to figure it out. They have done all sorts of testing. They cannot find, so far, any common foodborne pathogens, any toxins or allergens. All the tests have come back negative. All I know is if I get this product, you, if you get this product from this company, you better just not bother eating it. Oh, God, no. I don't even know what lentil crumbles are. I, I, don't, I don't either. I guess it's just smooshed up. Yeah, I think it's dried out, right? Yeah. And then they're into like a little form that just kind of melts in your mouth, like a little crumble snack. Yeah. I take it it's a snack. I don't think you pour it as cereal, lentils and leek. It's no. crumbles. No. Just... You put it on a salad, I would imagine. Oh, you could do that. You're right. You're right. You could use it as a little add-on on top of some other dish. Uh, despite consulting with numerous experts, cooperating with the FDA's investigation, working with our supply chain, conducting extensive testing, we can't identify a cause. I would imagine they've withdrawn the product. I would hope so. <laughs> Tests have come back negative for Listeria, E. coli, Salmonella, Staphylococcus, something called Clostridium species. Oh, my God. What the heck? The woman who first ate the crumbles on May 7th, she suffered severe abdominal and gastrointestinal distress, <laughs> as well as pain in her right shoulder. So she goes to the hospital, right? And they do tests and scans. And they say, well, let you know, we don't know. Well, I hate to tell you this, Deborah Mark, but she went home and ate the lentils again. What? So she didn't know that's what caused it. Oh, God. I wouldn't have eaten anything that I had before. I mean, not a thing. I would start from scratch. This is why you eat meat.
<laughs> she experienced more abdominal and shoulder pain, went back to the hospital, elevated liver enzymes, and they told her, you got liver and gallbladder dysfunction. We got to take it out. Oh. And they removed her damaged gallbladder. All of this because of lentils? Mm. Vegan influencer Luke Wesley Pearson. Do you follow him? He's a vegan influencer. I don't. He shared a similar story saying he had to get his gallbladder removed after eating the lentil product twice. Twice. What the hell's in there? I don't. Deborah, you tell me you eat lentils like every day. I do, but not not the type that Ken's describing. They're they're lentils. Yeah, this is a company fresh. This is very specific. It's made by Daily Harvest, and it's lentil plus leek crumbles. Just so we're specific. I don't want to damage the lentil industry. Yeah, (laughs) aren't they like peas or something? They're like uh, it's legume. Legume or this? I I I have lentil hummus, which I had today. I, I buy lentils that are pre-cooked, and I, I mix them with rice, or I throw them, I, I don't know, in a salad, whatever. They're they're great, great source of protein. They talked to another health expert who said, actually, lentils are usually good for the liver. We can't imagine why this is happening. The company's testing for a wide range of toxins, what they call mycotoxins, including alpha toxins or aflatoxins. Um, but everything so far is coming back negative. They're flummoxed. But it's clear that this is what all these people that are having gallbladder problems have in common. They ate the lentil crumbles. So there's definitely some connection. Whether it's something that happened when they packaged the product or something before that, uh, Daily Harvest has been around since 2015. And it's like Blue Apron and HelloFresh. You know, they, they send you the product and... Another woman developed a headache and nausea and noticed her urine was dark colored. Oh, God. Oh, her liver enzymes were really high. She's waiting to learn more, but uh, severely affected by this. And by the way, you don't have to be a vegan to enjoy lentils. I'm sure there are some, maybe not you and Eric, meat eaters that like lentils. Just gonna... My mother used to make lentil soup oh. during Lent, which is really kind of... Oh, love lentil soup. This oh, thick green thing on the stove. It was like, it was like the exorcist where she vomits. Oh God, no. Don't you remember that? Yeah, I know, but that's not that's what, what it looks like. No, I, I don't know what kind of lentil soup she made, but not the kind that I eat. No, oh, I'm just like so that. special with my own vegan dishes. Yes, you are. Uh, no, you are. No, I right. am. Yes, I am. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a Sherman Oaks business owner. She's got a cycling business, and man, she's begging for help. The homeless are destroying her business. Johnny Ken Show, KFI AM 640. Deborah Mark has the news now. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. This week at Safeway, enjoy big savings with the BOGO sale, where select items throughout the store are buy one, get one free. With this week's BOGO sale, get select meats like Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, buy one, get one free. Plus, select fresh produce items like one-pound containers of sweet strawberries or containers of blueberries or buy one, get one free. Safeway, come in and explore and see what other deals you can find. I'm Diosa. 
And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.